Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. It was the Apostle Paul who said, I am a debtor. In a very real sense, I am indebted to the many people that have unlocked biblical insights to me and shared so many powerful truths. One of them is the late California pastor and chaplain of the United States Senate, Lloyd John Ogilvie. He wrote on the great I Am statements of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that God identified himself to Moses at the burning bush as the I Am, or I Am that I Am. We say Yahweh, Jehovah, Neither is probably how the name was pronounced. No vowels, only four consonants. It's called the Tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H, or in Hebrew, yot Hey vav Hey. Used some 7,000 times in the Old Testament, usually in the small caps font, Lord. When translated into Greek hundreds of years before the New Testament, the name became ego Aimi. When Jesus said before Abraham was, Ego, I me, I am. He actually declared himself to be Jehovah. The fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in the Lord Jesus Christ. Each time Jesus used I am, he revealed his power. Do you remember when the guards sought Jesus on the eve of his crucifixion? In John 18, we read of that night that Judas had betrayed the Lord with a kiss. And then Jesus looked at the guard and said, Whom seek ye? They responded, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said, I am he. And the moment he said it, the guards fell back on the ground. The power of that phrase from the mouth of Jesus, Ego, I me. He was saying, I am Jehovah. I am the Lord God Almighty. And the authority wrapped up in who he was and is caused the guards to crumple before him. There's power in the name of Jesus. It literally means Jehovah has become my salvation. But as I mentioned, I am indebted to people like Ogilvy. It was Ogilvy who took that tetragrammaton and said it literally means I am not just a God of the state of being. I'm the God who makes things happen. And Jesus is that same God. And when he uttered any one of the 22 great I am statements found in the Gospels, he self-disclosed his deity. He claimed equality with God and that he was God. Jesus Christ identified himself as the great I am, the God who makes things happen was before church each day that Ogilvy would ask his congregation, what is your deepest need? The responses were immense, and he said that the need corresponded to any one of the 22 I am statements of Jesus. What is your deepest need? One of those deep needs is to determine whether or not you choose to truly live this life. Are you marking time? Are you waiting on a more convenient season? Or will you choose to say, I shall live this life to the full and to the extreme at this very moment? It was during the Jesus movement, my pastor encouraged us young people to go to Hippie Hill here in Houston 
and to witness to the people gathered there. The smell of weed hung heavy in the air. Drugs were everywhere. We took our guitars. We played. We sang. A crowd would gather. I remember when I shared the gospel with them one day, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, and that we have a chance to obey that gospel and see our lives transformed. One of those assembled there said, I don't believe in resurrection. I believe in reincarnation. In my last life, I was a tomato plant. I don't think I've ever forgotten that. But he was wrong. You don't get another chance at life. No mulligans, no do-overs. You can't retreat into yesteryear. You can't hide in a cave. This is your one life. We once sang a song. The last verse said, the days pass so swiftly. The months come and go. The years melt away like a new fallen snow. Spring turns to summer and summer to fall. Autumn brings winter and death comes to us all. Then that course, only one life, so soon it will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. It's a beautiful message to that song and so powerful for the day and age that we live in. We need to get out of the past tense into the I am, into the present tense. Give to Jesus all your days. It's the only life that pays. When you recall, you have but one life. I know that you and I go through trials of our souls. We go through difficult situations. Times may have gotten rough, but this is the only life that we have. We have to choose life. Today in this devotion, let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. Four times in verse 12, verse 24, verse 28, verse 58, four times in one chapter alone. Jesus says, I am, I am he. I am the God who makes things happen. It begins with the woman caught in the act of adultery. Jesus tells her to go and sin no more. Go live your life. When Jesus spoke again in John eight twelve, he tells everyone, I am the light of the world. Follow me and you'll never walk in darkness. You will have the light of life. Again, Jesus is saying, choose life. Live your life to its fullest. The chapter closes with Jesus saying, before Abraham was, I am. The chapter opens with them wanting to stone a woman. The chapter ends with them wanting to stone Jesus. Can I just say something here? When you judge another person, you're actually judging God. You're judging the one who wants to show mercy and kindness. Find someone who will stone another person, and I will show you someone who is willing to be an opponent of God. For in the heart of that controversial chapter where Jesus' identity is laid bare, he said to the people, you are from below, but I'm from above. You are of this world. I'm not of this world. Verse 24, if you do not believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Sin for Jesus meant more than wrong behavior. Sin meant a living death. It meant an unwillingness to live the abundant life. Sin comes from an archer's term, meaning the arrow is launched, but the target is missed. I don't want to miss the reason for which I was born. I was born to live and live the abundant life. I was not born to die. 
Those Pharisees judging Jesus missed the reason they were born. Jesus, the light and life of men, stood in their midst and they sought to kill him. That's how lifeless they were. We are going to live forever with or without God. I choose to live with him here and over in the next life. I choose life. That was the message earlier in John with Nicodemus. Jesus didn't come to enhance your life. He came to give new life for you to be born again, born anew, born from above. Stop a moment. Do you want to live? I mean, really live? Do you want to live as he wants you to live? An overcoming life, a transformed life, a life afresh and anew with purpose and meaning, a new direction. I think one of the greatest needs of the church is to see everyone in the church reborn. Now, I'm not just talking about prodigals lost in a distant country. I'm talking about those elder brothers and sisters that are still in the Father's house. We have tradition, but we need transformation. We have religion, but we need revival. We have an experience, but we need a new creation in Christ Jesus. Forion, the great French painter, was sick. A team of physicians examined him. Heart, okay. Lungs, okay. Kidneys, okay. The painter sighed, I'm dying in perfect health. Foreign was dying because he had lost his will to live. We need to awaken to life, to find a new reason to live, to find the passion to start over, to say, God, I've got to move into a new season. I need fresh revelation for a new day. Unless you believe, you shall die. Dr. Dobson electrified the world years back when he said that love is a decision and not an emotion. Paul put three virtues together, faith, hope, and love. Then he decided the greatest is love. If the greatest is not an emotion, then all three are not emotions. Faith is not an emotion. Hope is not an emotion. Love is not an emotion. They are choices. They are choosing to believe and to believe again, choosing to hope and to hope again, choosing to love and to love again. I'm asking you to choose life, to choose life again. And Jesus is saying, choose me and you're choosing life. Because when you choose me, you're choosing the author of life, the wellspring, the fountainhead of a new hope. Choose me. There was a particular psalm of David that was sung at the founding of the Second Temple, Psalm 118. It was Martin Luther's favorite psalm. He said he fell in love with it when emperors and kings, the wise and the learned, and even saints could not aid me. This psalm proved a great friend and helped me out of many troubles. That was Martin Luther talking about his great friend, Psalm 118. Luther said he would not trade this psalm for all of the wealth of the world. There's a stanza, a verse in that psalm that I just want you to hear. I want people struggling with the right now to hear this. I want those of you laying in hospital beds wondering what the diagnosis or the treatment is going to be. I want you to hear this. I want those of you that are sheltering out of fear and you're struggling to cope with everything in your life. I want you to hear this verse. 
This was the greatest friend of Martin Luther. Verse 17 of Psalm 118, I will not die, but live. I will not die, but live. And I will proclaim what the Lord has done. Choose life. Choose it today. Embrace this moment in this season that you're living in and look beyond the circumstances and say, today I'm faced with a choice. I choose life. As Lloyd John Ogilvie said, that I am statement, that ego I me, quite literally means I am the God who makes things happen. And so when you go through the great I am statements of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Gospels, when he says, I am the bread of life, he literally means, I am the one that makes bread happen in your life. I am the water. I am the fountain that never runs dry. I am the one that refreshes you. I make water happen in your life. I am the resurrection in life. I am the God that brings resurrection. I make resurrection. I make life happen. It is my hope and my dream here on Daily Devotion that we can open up our hearts and exercise our faith and reach out beyond our difficulties and say, I'm laying hold on eternal life. I am finding the God who makes things happen. You're not the great I was or the great I will be. You are the great I am and you care about where I am. You're a very present help, O Lord, in the time of need. I pray that God is near to you. He's as near as the mention of his name. He's the I am. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.